the ninth day of the month. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. James 5, verses 7 through 8. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. 2 Peter 3, verse 8. Today we consider patience as a fruit of the Spirit. As technology presents us with newer and even speedier labor-saving gadgets, we become less and less practiced at patience. We wonder why it takes several seconds to place a phone call to someone half a world away, forgetting that not very long ago it took months to convey a message that distance by ship and an equal amount of time to receive a reply. Small wonder that we are strangers to the petition of the hymn writer George Crowley, Teach Me the Patience of Unanswered Prayer. Throughout this day, take notice of your own patience or lack thereof. Ask God for greater patience, but also for the quality that underlies it, trust. Frame for trust in the graciousness of God, whose schedule may not fit our own, but whose will is always directed toward our good. Opening Prayer Eternal God, you cannot be constrained by our ways of counting time. Grant us, therefore, patient endurance and steadfast trust, so that we may wait for you without faltering and as witnesses to others may serve you without hesitation, in good times or ill, for the sake of Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Amen. Psalm 121 I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian will never doze or sleep. God's your guardian, right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. From the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verses 12 through 25. Balaam said to Balak, Did I not tell your messengers whom you had sent to me, saying, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything contrary to the command of the Lord, either good or bad, of my own accord. What the Lord speaks, that I will speak. And now, behold, I am going to my people. Come, and I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the days to come. He took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down, yet having opened his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not know. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush to the forehead of Moab, and tear down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be a possession. Seir, its enemies, also will be a possession, while Israel performs valiantly. One from Jacob shall have dominion, and will destroy the remnant from the city. And he will look at Amalek, and took up his discourse, and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his end shall be destruction. 
and he looked at the Kenite, and took up his discourse, and said, Your dwelling place is enduring, and your nest is set in the cliff. Nevertheless, Cain will be consumed. How long will Asher keep you captive? Then he took up his discourse, and said, Alas, who can live except God has ordained it? But ships shall come from the coast of Kittim, and they shall afflict Asher, and will afflict Eber, and they will also come to destruction. Then Balaam arose and departed, and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. From the letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the ancient's longings of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For he who hopes for what he already sees, what if we hope for what we do not see? With perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verses 23 through 40. On that day, some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and questioned him, asking, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother, as next of kin, shall marry his wife and raise up children for his throne. Now there were seven brothers with us, and the first married and died, and having no children, left his wife to his brother. So also the second and the third, and down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole of the law and the prophets. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A prayer by Michael Quist entitled, I Would Like to Rise Very High. I would like to rise very high, Lord, above my city, above the world, above time. I would like to purify my glance and borrow your eyes. I would then see the universe, humanity, history, as the Father sees them. I would see in the prodigious transformation of matter, in the perpetual seething of life, your great body that is born of the breath of the Spirit. I would see the beautiful, the eternal thought of your father's 
you know, love taking form step by step, everything summing up in you, things on earth and things in heaven. And I would see that today, like yesterday, the most minute details are part of it. Every man in his place, every group and every object. I would see a factory, a theater, a collecting bargaining session, and the construction of a fountain. I would see a crowd of youngsters going to a dance, a baby being born, and an old man dying. I would see the tiniest particle of matter and the smallest throbbing of life, love and hate, sin and grace. Startled, I would understand that the great adventure of love, which started at the beginning of the world, is unfolding before me. The divine story, which according to your promise, will be completed only in glory after the resurrection of the flesh. When you'll come before the Father saying, all is accomplished, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I would understand that everything is linked together, that all is but a single moment of the whole humanity and of the whole universe toward the Trinity in you, by you, Lord. I would understand that nothing is secular, neither things nor people nor events, but that, on the contrary, everything has been made sacred in its origin by God, and that everything must be consecrated by man who has himself been made divine. I would understand that my life and imperceptible breath in this great whole is an indispensable treasure in the Father's plan. Then falling on my knees, I would admire, Lord, the mystery of this world, which in spite of the innumerable and hateful snags of sin is a long throb of love towards love eternal. I would like to rise very high, Lord, above my city, above the world, above time. I would like to purify my glance and borrow your eyes. Amen. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.